Yeah. Oh, Corey, did you see that there's a new um, Twitter account called The Mandalorian? What? And all that they do is just reply to MNUFC tweets with, this is the way. <laughs> it's just a bot. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 55-1 podcast. It's a morning edition uh, because we are uh, back after uh, late night, up late with uh, with the loons. And my name is Wes Berdine. I'm joined by Mark Fangmeyer. Hi, man. Rodrigo Sanchez-Teveria. Hello. And Corey Shreppel. Good to see you all this morning. Likewise. Um, we have our coffee. We have one extra point. We are uh, still undefeated on the season. And you've got a oh a Liverpool Champions coffee mug. That's so cool. Great. I'm still trying to write a haiku. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, we've this is going to be kind of a try to be as as focused as possible. Um, but uh, let's start with like any random tidbits we want to do because there's like. You know, just like last summer when we had like all the soccer happening, we've got NWSL, we've got MLS's drunk tournament, um, we still have uh, Premier League going on. Uh, you know, but NWSL is in the knockout rounds. Uh, wh- where are we at on that? How, how does it look? Who's winning? Who's out? North Carolina is out. Yeah. Going yes, baby. Four zero in the group stage, <laughs> and then losing to Portland yesterday, and. Um, yeah, and basically, uh, Portland's uh, their goalkeeper, Britt Exterstrom, uh, basically she just won the MVP for the entire tournament in this in her first match. It like it was just an amazing performance yesterday, and um, and we got to see North Carolina lose. It was awesome. Why had she pre- previously not been playing? It's interesting because uh, oh, who I, I can't think of the goalkeepers, but I think is it's a French that uh, mm-hmm. plays for Portland got injured, and then Bella Bigsby came in. Right, and then she got injured. Apparently, in, in practice, uh, might have done something to their um, is it the ACL. So she's actually heading home now. And then she stepped in. So, so the like third three goalies, the third string goalkeeper, um, puts on a clinic, stands on her head, and beats the best team by a country mile in the league. Yes, pull that in, and and the and. And Weaver finally scores first goal in NWSL. Hot damn! All right. Um, what? what uh, any? Anything else going on with that? I mean, I, I know that like in an hour after recording, I'm going to go in and open the bar for probably just like one person to come watch uh, the. the um, <laughs> uh, just the. Who is it? This uh, 30, thirty-one Washington. questions wants to know if if if, if you're going to open the bar up for them to watch a Portland Thorns game. <laughs> they were sure. asking me yesterday. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm, yeah, they can get the two for one deal that uh, penshomes.com is is doing two for one sodas, um, <laughs> two for one sodas. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on those weekend, like you know, obviously no one's gonna listen to it before today, but um, there's the uh, 11:30 game uh, this morning. But um, I, I think there's no Sunday game this week. Um, no, yeah, there's the old Saturday games, and then they go on to Wednesday. I think so. Okay. Um, um, I'll, I'll yeah, look I mean, at the schedule Houston. More. There, yeah, there was a Houston game that happened yesterday against yeah, uh, and, uh, Houston ended up beating penalties. Yeah, PKs. That was a crazy game. It was like literally like a dub. Like you guys remember 
when MTV had the celebrity deathmatch clay animation thing. Yeah. Yes. It was literally that. Like the ref was like not calling a lot of things. People were just getting double yellow. No, it was just, it was just like a whole mess. So, well, so. um, Houston now play the Thorns on Wednesday at 1130. I will be opening up for that because there's some Premier League after that. So um, people can come and uh, and spend their lunch hour watching soccer um, and uh, and cheering for Houston over uh, over Portland. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk some uh, MLS is drunk. Uh, the MLS is drunk tournament has been going on and it's getting increasingly drunker. Um, who's got uh, some uh, highlights from uh, drunkenness this week? Oh, the drunkest of the drunken was uh, San Jose versus <laughs> Vancouver on Wednesday night, where it all started off normal. There's a nice goal from uh, uh, Vancouver, and then the chaos came in. There was like in the 22nd minute, there's probably the worst own goal you will ever see, uh, which I mean, comes off a counter, um, a counter from a, a set piece. And San yeah. Jose just had no one back. It was great. Chase Salinas uh, um, was on uh, Extra Time Radio this week, and they, they were all like, what the hell was the plan there? And he like, <laughs> tries to explain, and then he's like, but then the ball goes back to the last person. And yeah, but then, yeah, they countered. And so the, it, I forget who got the own goal, um, but he, I mean, uh, he was not one Judson. of the defenders. Yeah. Yeah, no. And actually, I think, I, I forget who tweeted this out, but... Um, the um, guy who got the own goal, he was actually the one who did the bad, who lost the ball in that scenario. And he did a hundred yard dash and they timed it. I forget who timed it in under 11 seconds to get back yeah, oh. to cover that, which is actually amazing. And then after doing all that, it, he ends up putting it into the goal anyways. And you, that's why you see like him just like drop to his knees just, and yeah, it was, it was, Wonderful to watch as someone who's not a, who is a neutral. It was amazing. But the game got drunker from there. Yeah, and then because I mean, eventually, like San Jose uh, got a goal back uh, right before halftime, uh, and then all of a sudden, like uh, fifteen minutes into the second half, um, Vega does an awful, awful like the playing it out of the back. It just does a super soft pass, which basically just gives it straight to forget who from Vancouver got it, but just an easy, you know, centering pass and a tap in. And all of a sudden Vancouver's up three, one and you're like, Oh yeah, this will probably work out for them. And then of course, during, and during their, one. yeah. And during their uh, hydration break, they all went over and, uh, and did, did shots with uh, Mark Dos Santos, like uh -huh. and sparkle then, donkey tequila shots. Oh my gosh. And then Wando came on and all hell broke loose. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, end up San Jose ends up getting uh, uh, tying it up going uh, in the 81st minute. They got a goal. Wando got a goal, like a really weird flick on goal that didn't that was like didn't even look like they barely touched it, but it counted for as a goal for him. And then um, yeah, San or San Jose ties it up in the 81st minute, and then um, in the 98th minute. They score the winning goal where they like all run over to the sideline to the subs that are still warming up for some reason in the 98th minute. I mean, I guess you have five subs still, but whatever. And um, there's just a pile on. And the best part of the pile on is the trainer guy coming by with like the magic spray and just spraying it up in the air. And it's, it's beautiful. And it's like using it. Know, a, it looked like a smoke bomb at the time. And so it he uses it to create this like atmosphere. It was genius. It was awesome. It was like, the, it was, yeah, it was like a smoke bomb version of like a silly string can. Yeah. And it was 
it was glorious. And then, yeah, so it ends up, and San Jose ends up winning 4-3. And it was a, the, one of the most fun matches I've ever watched. Well, the, uh, the um, pre-gaming uh, shots party was, uh, that I want to talk about, is the Colorado SKC match, um, which was kind of a stinker for a little while, um, but eventually devolves into um, two red cards uh, where, um, is it Danny Wilson um, gets a red card when, when uh, SKC are on the break and, uh, and he pulls down, um, he pulls down the, the, the SKC guy and gets a red card. And then there's a penalty given against Colorado for a handball. There's um, uh, in the aftermath of that, there's a red card given to uh, Miguel Ibarra's favorite person, Jack Price. Uh, um, And then, so now uh, SKC are up two to one Colorado are down to nine men and Jonathan Lewis, uh, a, a late substitute comes on and uh, and scores an equalizer, which looked to me to be offside, but who cares? There's it's in the ninety fifth or eighty fifth minute. Um, it looks like the game is done and dusted. It was amazing to get the the uh, equalizer, and then of course SKC get the garbagest of garbage goals, and uh, and the ball, you know, comes off a deflection and just loops over, and William Yarborough is already on the ground, and he tries to get it. Every time I watched. Uh, Yarborough tried to get that ball. I just groaned. Uh, and so SKC win, which puts them uh, with three points. And so that, that means, um, you know, it's a, it's a much tighter uh, table than if they had, uh, our group is much tighter than if they had all drawn. And so, uh, yeah, that was a, a drunk ass game. Uh, and it led to uh, let up. It was the pregame to Minnesota United. Um so why don't we uh, why don't we take a little break here so that we can all uh, finish our coffee and uh, and get another coffee and then get another coffee and then we'll talk uh, Minnesota versus RSL. Here we go on the fifty five one podcast. It's Minnesota versus RSL time. Uh, it was a nil-nil draw. We'll we'll just spoil it right now. Um, the lineup changes. We've got Aaron Schoenfeld comes on for Mason Toy. We've got uh, Ozzy Alonso for uh, Hassani Dotson. Uh, Nick Vorpal asked this question uh, from our uh, our Patreon Slack: Did either team actually want to win? Heath said in the post-match presser that he would have been fine with the draw going into this. Um, I don't think. They're ever playing for the draw, but I think they were. Both teams were essentially bunker and counter, and uh, that made it uh, an extremely uh, dull match. Other than um, you know some like I yeah, they're, they're, what else is there to say? Like, but looked like both teams wanted to counter, but didn't actually want to make the counter happen. Yeah, I. I think I, I was a little. I know people um, post game uh, were upset that they had stayed up uh, for that, even though it was till eleven thirty. Guys, it's it's COVID times. So you can stay up late. Um, I I thought the game, you know, it certainly was dull. Especially um, just like all almost all of the MLS games have been. The first half is dull, and then people start to get tired, and the teams tr- try to take advantage of that uh, tiredness, and so the second half gets better and drunker. Um, I thought that that. 
I would be happy with the tie, um, and I am very happy. I think that uh, the team also looked better. I was way happier coming out of this than I was uh, out of the other game, which obviously we won, but it was just 90 minutes of just Minnesota United crapping themselves um, and then somehow turning that into uh, three points. Um, so, But I, I don't think either team didn't want to win, but yeah, they weren't... Um, no one was going for the jugular, uh, I guess you you could say. Um, what were the biggest? And I and I, oh. I, I and I think that it's that's that's right because I mean they're both on top of the group, and you know they could either throw everything at at the other team and lose, and then and this is after knowing that that SKC had just won, so knowing that that essentially puts you at a, a, a disadvantage for that second and potentially third place position. So, you know, I'm not surprised that they were both uh, kind of conservative in, in that, in that regard. I will say I actually, before I was going to ask about more about the game, but um, where we finish in the group, I do think has a pretty big implication because finishing second in this group means we, we play, the winner of Group E, which likely is Columbus. Um, Columbus, I think, are one of the best teams in the group or in the tournament. And so um, finishing first um, means that we uh, we play a far kind of easier team. Um, even finishing third, I think, uh, has a potential. It's it's much murkier there who we would play. But um, so I, I do think that we want to make sure that we win uh, against Colorado, um, and we—that definitely is the easiest game since they're now missing two players. But and do you do you think we have a better chance of getting out of this group in third place than other groups? Like, do you think our third place finish will be higher than than you know the Group D third place finish will be higher than most other group third place finishers just based on the quality of of or or at least the parity of the three of our. Um, the top three teams right now, RSL, SKC, and us. Yeah, I think if you look at um, some of those, uh, some of those other groups, like Atlanta, for example, can still advance, um, but they'll advance if a, a three points can get them is, is a good third place spot, right? We already have four points, and so if we lose, I think that I think that we're pretty much, you know, it's it's hard to say now with um group, uh, you know, with the second round um not fully done um. But I do think that we have a good chance. I think that we are are almost certainly through, in some way. Um, but let me, yeah, let me and also oh, sorry. And also, if you look at the scheduling, we're sitting in a really good spot to kind of choose our own destiny. In that, because if you look at the number of matches after we play on Wednesday at nine thirty p.m., uh, RSL and Kansas City play the same day at nine a.m. So we'll actually know how that match finishes. So we'll actually we'll know going into that match what we need to do to advance. And we'll also, also there's only three matches after us the next day. And then the uh, group round's done. And that's Chicago, Vancouver, LA Galaxy and Houston and LAFC and Portland. And so basically going into our match, we'll pretty much know exactly what teams we're going to be, we'll potentially be lining up with. And we can kind of choose our own destiny. In yeah. That we're, but it's do, amazing. Like you don't want to fix anything. You don't want to like, oh, if you throw the game, then you get third, and then you can do this. Like that's dumb, and you shouldn't do it. But I think in, we're in, a, in the, the way back machine back to Seattle last year, where all we had to do is get a result against Seattle, and we're in second. 
Uh, so I, <laughs> I don't think that we have the ability to pick any destiny. And remember, this is the L MLS's drunk tournament. Um, so we can only assume that the drunkest result will, ha will happen. Um, but I, I agree, like in theory, it's, it's, it's nice, but I just don't think that we can take, I don't think any team can take advantage of that. Um, but let's, let's go back to the game. Sorry, I took us on a tangent. W what was the biggest difference between last game and this? Because obviously the play on the field was, was far different. And I want to uh, get your, each of your kind of observations and proposals of the one thing that they, that happened that was different. Rodrigo, do you want to? Go first. Um, I mean, that first half was like them. Well, this this game was boring, like extremely, like visually. It was it was like you know there there was no creativity from both ends. Like at the beginning, you could tell it was like we're gonna counter. We're just gonna. We're, there was no pressing from either sides of it. So the first half was really frustrating in the sense that we weren't trying to create any sense of creativity. There were no triangle passes. There's no passes quickly moving up. We weren't using the middle. A lot of times we would take two or three touches and then we would blast along the, the ball all the way to Aaron, trying to see if we could make something happen. And and Aaron was was mobile. He was physical. He was out there. He was doing what he could do, but he just, it just wasn't no sense of urgency, at least for me. And I know it's super hot, so that might've been one thing, but um, it was just, you know, there, there are times where like we just look like zombie field for first half. The second half was a whole different, 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 different game. But, but let me let me ask half was just, about that first half because the first half was, I agree, um, but it was still way, way better than first half against SKC where we looked like we didn't know who, like everyone had just met, and so yeah, you know what. What was the difference between looking like the team had never met each other and at least, you know, being okay? Mark, you, you, you have a uh, one word, Ozzy. Ozzy, yeah. I he, mean, like, he just provided some defensive cover. Like, in, so basically, when uh, inevitably, like, because what happened on, on our first match against Kansas City is that we would lose the ball either in our final third or in the middle of the field. And uh, Kansas City would just kind of walk right on down and kind of, and we'd be bunkered, but we didn't have any pressure kind of till they got to our defense, our back four, really. And Ozzy kind of brought that pressure, which, and really alleviated a lot of the mistake. Like he made up for a lot of the mistakes that we were making and turning the ball over. And he just, I think it's like, I it was Jeff, I think Jeff Reuter said, like, tweeted out something to the extent that, like, one of the reasons why the match was so boring is that Ozzy was there. It's like he, took that opportunity away from uh, Salt Lake City and just they didn't really have any chances. And granted, we didn't really counter or anything. But yeah, I mean, our defense looked better, which is great. I mean, and yeah, I mean, like you said, like we looked terrible against uh, Kansas City. Uh, we looked, our defense at least looked good against um, RSL last night. And as far as tournament goes, you always want to be improving so you peak at the right time and we're slowly improving. And I think I'm, I was happy with the game last night just because it's, they, they showed that they're like getting, you know, they're, I mean, the offense isn't quite clicking yet, but at least our defense was, and that's what I was pretty happy about. And thankfully we have Colorado like missing two um, starters for the next match. So we should be hopefully able to improve even more on it. 
Uh, I'll say like, aha, uh-huh. I, I barely noticed him last night, mm-hmm. which I think is a massive improvement over the first match. And I think just the, there was a couple of things. Yeah, Ozzy, number one, that's by far and away the, the, the biggest uh, point of impact for us. But uh, with Ozzy kind of running the, the middle of the park in front of that back four, Tyler Miller was far more vocal on this match, like you could, you could hear him actually uh, on at, on this match. Um, and Boxel and Aha seemed to work better together. And then that allowed Metnair and Chase to get up further because they had that insurance of Ozzy just parking as the six. Um, we looked far more composed if, even though we didn't really have, have many ideas to get it out of that out of our own half and uh, get it to the attacking side. I'm, you know, I think that Ozzy, you know, the, the one thing we complained about last game in uh, the podcast for the seven hour podcast we recorded was that um, we had no one to possess the ball, right? We would, we would turn over the ball and then pass it and then Mason would chase it and lose it or something. Um, and you pass the, you turn over the ball and Ozzy turns and he takes his time and then he he distributes the ball. So that's the the first thing that that was huge that he added. The other thing is one of the the tough parts for Boxall and Aha is some of their worst moments were um, someone's dribbling at them. They ran out to close down and made this tackle that like had them like sliding seven feet out of the way. Um, and so this time they didn't have to do that because you had someone who already commanded the space in front of them. So they weren't having to move forward as often to close down that ball um, or that player. Um, and I think that that helped a ton. Um, the other the other thing I'd, I'd propose, uh, you know, obviously the two changes we talked about, if you've got Ozzy, you've got Schoenfeld. And Schoenfeld, um, he, when the ball gets to him, he holds it. He can distribute it. He does, he occupies the defenders and... Um, just like he brought that into the game the other the other day and the and uh, it changed against SKC, this game looked far different with him there. Um, and granted, we didn't look like we had great ideas. I think you're you're right, Rodrigo. Is it? It was a torpid uh, uh, first uh, first half. Um, but at least it didn't look messy. And I, I think that that in a tournament like this, where um, again everyone is drunk having that stability and kind of boredom is at least a, a positive, right? I think that there haven't been many teams who have gone out there and could grind it out and, and just kill a game off and get, and get a draw when you need it. Um, uh, and, and having the ability to just get out the result that you need, I, I think is, is really important. Um, I, I think it's interesting too, is that at least it brings up a question to me is like, are you, who, who's more essential in a sense? Do you need Ozzy or, or Ike in that sense? We've seen to kind of, we're okay without Ike at the moment, right? As long as we have a, a solid six that's in there, parking as another defender when needed to be. So I think that's, that's interesting. You know, it's, it, it's, it's nice to have. I think Ozzy is also very well, um, very well mannered and in the sense of like he knows where he needs to be and what he needs to do and he yells at goalkeepers too to make sure that they're vocal i mean it, he just umps up everyone to level up the, the good thing about aha that i saw was that whenever he decides to clear a ball he fully commits to clearing a ball 
regardless if it's six feet from him or like five inches from it, and he skies the ball to wherever it needs to. So like if you need someone to clear the ball, he will he will he will kick that ball to the end of Hades if he needs to in order to get it out of it. It's so, the it's the that, Alexi Gomez uh, technique of clearance. Yeah, that's right. That is, but it works. But, you know, I, but I completely agree with you. Like uh, having a solid number six. I mean, it's been actually our history and the, our entire MLS existence, going all the way back to Cronin, where when we've had a solid number six, we've looked good, and when we haven't, we've looked terrible. Which mm-hmm. is always going to be. It's been. It's. I mean, it's the case for almost every team, but. That's why Ozzy's so important to our team and why I really hope we can find a backup number six sometime soon. Yeah, and there's going to be a question we'll get to eventually on uh, getting an update on all the watches. But, you know, if if you talk about desperate needs for this team, if you asked me what would you spend $6 million on right now, um, I would say uh, getting getting the next Ozzy in. I I think that Molino, um, Chacon, Lud, uh, Finley... All of those players are uh, Raheem, right? Um, uh, all of those players can do an attacking job. It's not it's not the sexiest. Um, I think that you could add some more uh, Bebelo sex appeal or Benedetti. Um, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that photo. Um, since this this <laughs> podcast is now talk about talk about sexy uh, footballers with their shirts off. Um, but I, I I think that we have there's a distinct question about how to manage Ozzy in this tournament and get him the right minutes and make sure that you don't tire him out because God, these players are, look very tired. They're playing in swamp weather. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect Ozzy to start against uh, Colorado. Do you? Not after going 90 minutes. No. And so, I, I mean, I, I could, I could maybe see him starting and then being taken off at halftime. Maybe. I think I think the the most the the scenario that I see is that Ozzy doesn't start, but if we need to park it or we need to secure the win or whatever, then you might throw him at the seventieth or eightieth minute just to be able to 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 nullify anything. I I don't think he needs to start, and and that's what's scary about this whole situation is we have one good six and that's it. Well, we do have uh, like, we do have James Musa. I mean, and we we haven't seen him much, but like right. I mean, we haven't seen him. Like, we should we start like a, a Musa, a Musa, Musa free free Musa campaign to so finally able to see 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 what Musa can do in a sense. I mean, it's very obvious that we can't go back to the Hassani and Gregush pairing. Um, we need to do, and so Jacory Hayes is very good, and Jacory's more of a um, attacking player, but he. You know, and I'm going back to memories of FC Dallas, but he can like hold the ball a little bit better than Hassani. I think Hassani too much wants to go at the opposition. Um, and we need someone to hold the ball a little bit. Um, Jacory maybe won't do the defensive work, what I was talking about of Ozzy, but he might do the um, get the ball and distribute a bit better um, and, and keep more of a shape in the midfield than, than Hassani. Um, but uh, but again, we're I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting we're getting past this game, which um, I do want to talk about. Um, uh, Robin Lud, uh, who had the best chances for the game. The in in there was nothing really happened in that first half except for in stoppage time. Lud uh, gets the ball from Ozzy and uh, and then gets the shot off with his left foot, hits the uh, the post, and uh, and and he. I don't know. We had some questions here that made it sound like he was bad. Wait, me, that was Lude? I thought it was... 
Yeah, Lute got that shot off. So, um, yeah, it was like the, the sixth was gorgeous too. First half stoppage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Ozzy's Ozzy's ball to Lude was fantastic. And, and the funny part about that, um, or, or a, a funny part, is that the ball to Ozzy was from Molino, who I just rewatched the um, the highlights, and after he passes to Ozzy, he is slow walking, and he came off at the half, but it was very obvious that he was done with the, with the game. Um, so. Yeah, I, I was was Lude better this game. Was he was he decent? I thought so, and I, th- I thought uh, once they did the switch and they moved him over to the right side, and he kind of started playing on the right side and a little bit more central, he looked much more comfortable. And I thought he did a lot. He looked much better. Which I mean, go figure. The position that he's been playing his entire life, he looked more comfortable in. Yeah, I mean, shocking. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he no. looked. He looked. I, I agree with that. He looked good in the center of the park but he looked best out on the right which is firmly held by Ethan Finley so I don't I don't see that being a thing that's gonna we we want the speed on that right hand side and I I I could see him staying in the center more often than being shifted over to the right so after Molino comes out at the half uh we get Shaco Yo soy Shaco Nista. Yo soy Shaco Nista. Um, uh, at the half, and so what, what happens there is uh, Thomas Chacon goes out on the left. Robin Lude went to the center then, and uh, then we still still had Ethan Finley there. Um, you know, Dean Treffs. Uh, I hope that's how you say your name. Um, says on Twitter, uh, Lode looked competent for the first time at the 10. Molino has been amazing at the 10. Thomas, uh, mini Elijah Wood, Lord of the Rings stand-in Chacon may also be a 10. We're purportedly buying another 10. Do we stop at 10 10s or do we give one the gloves to? It's a great question because you can't have too many 10s apparently. Um, uh, that does remind me of the time uh, where I, I, I made a special world in uh, Football Manager where... Um, I made 11 or I made an entire entire team of all the different players on Minnesota United and then made a league of those teams. And so I had a team of 11 Christian Ramirez's playing against a team of 11 uh, John Alberges. And uh, I forget who won. I think it was Kevin Molino who won the league. I'd have to go back. It's on somewhere on the 55 one site. Uh, so anyway, wow. um, you can never have too many. I, I, if, I am uh, without my family this month. Maybe I will do that boredom again and just <laughs> run that. Get... Run that simulation, man. <laughs> yeah. it what was else a... we got to do? Oh man, it was really stupid. You just please, please put a full team of ten or eleven Alexi Gomez's. I want to see what the result of that's going to be. <laughs> Satellites just start dropping from <laughs> eleven Chacones, and like basically the other team is just lobbing balls everywhere, and just to get like it's going to be like ten nothing with all, every goal coming from a header. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Sorry, I I, I took us off, but um. We that first change with Chacon on the left, Load in the middle, Finley on the right. You know, it, it's hard to compare all the different versions because Lude just kept on being moved out because Heath could not bring himself to take Lude off the pitch. And maybe maybe that makes sense because Lude did end up getting the best chances. But do we agree that there was something interesting about having Chacon out on the left and Lude in the, the the middle? What did that do? Or I guess why 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 did that seem to be successful? I think Chacon, the last time he played on the left was on that pre preseason tournament against 
yeah, the second, Portland, the second game, the second game, right? And then he was, and he was being pressed a lot. Like he was being pressed about, and he was getting rid of the ball. And we went creating, but like I said, like both of these teams at at, at that point weren't really pay, playing to you know to press. So there was space. So whenever you give Chikpun space to do stuff, he's a uh, he he he'll figure something out. And I think the thing about Chikpun is that he gets rid of the ball within like two or three touches and that is the most annoying thing to defend when you know someone's going to get rid of the ball that fast uh, and he was connecting passes he was looking for people you know um i really love that yellow card within like three minutes of him coming in stepping on a big taller guy i just i just don't believe that little guys should get yellow cards at any point during a soccer game uh but but and he was getting fouled looked- there was some definite stranger danger going on on that little kid yeah, he was he was getting tossed around, and he was he, and he was holding his own. You know, have a lot of people have said he's small, he's fragile. This kid is tough. Yeah, he's got this some Luka Modric to him. So here's what I like about him is that he comes on in the half and he's instantly commanding things. He's yelling at people. He's asking for the ball. They're giving him the ball. Um, he's also what he was able to do there. His defensive work is not great. But he's far more mobile than Robin Lud, and so you've got a lot more movement there to protect uh, Chase Gasper. Who Gasper? Uh, I don't know if we'll end up talking about him, but I thought he had a pretty good night. Um, he had a decent game, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. what I so what I liked is all of a sudden you've got um, you've got Robin Lud in a, a kind of better spot where I think that he um, he was able to get into spaces a little bit better. Um, but um, but Chacon just just commands so much, and Molino doesn't do that, right? Molino is not a um, he's a super talented guy, but he's not a leader on the pitch. And you've got this like twelve year old kid coming out there and just barking at everyone. Um, give me the ball. They're just like, oh my god, like this. He's so beautiful. I need to give him the ball here. Um, and you're right, he gets rid of the ball quickly, but he'll also sometimes take on defenders. Um, he just there's an air of uncertainty when he gets the ball. And I think that that is why he doesn't want to play him very much because I think that it leads to um, there's bad uncertainty, right? Where you give up the ball and all of a sudden the opposition has a counterattack and now you're screwed. But, you know, when we need to create something and when we need to do something, you need someone who's going to, um, do something that that the opposition is not that makes them afraid, and we don't have you know no one uh, love Ethan, but no one is uh, af- afraid of him other than you know his speed. They're not they're not trying to like suss out what what he's going to do because they kind of know what an Ethan Finley is going to do. Um, Lud just hasn't seemed dangerous enough. I, th- I think that you know uh, I-, I think that if Lud. If Miguel Ibarra had played the exact same game as Lud, I, I probably would be defending it a bit more, which which is, you know, but... Um, you I know your biases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Lud was a little bit unlucky. You know, he did have that other time where he made that mazy run into the box, gets a really good shot away with his left foot that um, the key, that uh, mathlete, uh, Zach McMath, um, uh, got a save, uh, a really good save on. Um, yeah, so I mean... I, he dribbled right through like three people and then he nutmegged the defender, blinding yeah. the goalkeeper. And then the goalkeeper all had to was just a reaction. And then it, yeah. it was, no, that was, that was a great run. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think Chacon, 
it has its plus and its minuses, but but what I like mostly is just the creativity aspect of it. He's willing to be creative and do something that people are not willing to think about. And that comes, you know, and that was the demonstration when he chipped that ball in, right? Right. The, Our the third correct, best chance of the night. Yeah. The, the the correct idea was to try to play to somebody else, but no, he cut inwards, threw another fender, and then he just literally saw that the goalkeeper was up and he chipped it over. Oh and literally, it almost went in. So it was like... I laid on I the like, ground ah. at the bar for a minute after that. <laughs> I need a Thomas Chacon, Chacon goal. I need that so bad. That will cure COVID for me. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, but it's he, like he looked it, good doing it too. I was like, wow, that was. And I think if if he would have gotten like like and I and let's talk about the substitutions too. It well, was that you know Amarilla came in and mm-hmm. Dotson came in as well too. And I th- think having those four players out there was was you know was was really fun. Edwards and all of them was 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 something. That I wish we would have started with, maybe, just to see what that's like to get a, get get a full team chemistry going and see what they look like. Um, but, but that second half in the last twenty minutes was was much better than I don't know game and a half probably. Yeah. So <laughs> except for you know, uh, uh, there's there's three different players we played in. They weren't all playing as number tens, but in that kind of space, right? The per, in front of the midfield behind the striker. Um, we obviously had uh, Kevin Molino, then it was Robin Lud, and then Hassani came in and was playing that. Obviously, three very different players. Um, what strikes me as interesting about Molino versus Lud is that um, I love my, my camera is down at my waist, and so my, my hands are like attacking the, the camera here. Uh, sorry, I'm a hand talker, guys. Uh, which you can tell on the podcast. Um, so uh, Molino comes a bit deep sometimes to to get it right because, as I mentioned, we don't have many players who take the ball and move it. Gregush does it, um, and Molino tries to do it a little bit, and sometimes he gets lost in the game. Um, and so, um, so sometimes I, I'm actually surprised how much space there is between Molino and uh, um, the striker uh, and Lud. Does not play as a number 10, um, maybe, but he definitely um, is a bit like further up. He's not he's not trying to tuck back in and, and make things going. And maybe that's because the ball was going to Chacon instead or something. I'm, I'm not exactly sure because it's like we don't have many uh, um, data points for how this all works. But then Hassani right, comes in and he's there to... Um, at that point, we're not trying to really create. He's there just to kind of like close things down, maybe, maybe do a turnover, um, just run a little bit, um, get his energy there. Um, and I, I think the the question is where we are going to create stuff from. Obviously, I think we are still a counterattacking team, which means that we don't necessarily need to slowly build up and have a, a creative person there, but we do need some sort of outlets of who's where's the ball going to go to and then who's going to distribute it. And um, <clears throat> I love Molino, but I, I do would like to see Lud in that role and Chacon out left. Or maybe it's, you know, last week I was calling for Raheem Edwards, but it's something there. Because I, I don't think that starting lineup that we keep using, there's something missing about that. Um, and, and I just want to see something different happen there. Um, uh, Prof Cedar says, uh, what does Raheem Edwards mean to you? Please answer in haiku form. How many haikus did you make for this, Rodrigo? 
I made two haikus, I think. Sorry. I was trying to do things here. Um, so, yeah, no, I wrote two haikus. Um, let's see. All right. So, a strong gust of wind, Edwards flashes onto the pitch. More Edwards, more Chacon now. And then, uh, gut touch locks bounce freely. Domi, you are immune to yellow cards. Rain, chaconazos. Those are two haikus I came up with. With for, no coffee. I forgot that chaconazo was a thing. God, I, <laughs> I could have used a chaconazo last night. Um, should just totally one. just make chaconazo drinks. I don't know what it is in there. I don't, but. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's Well, we got to get some mate at well, the bar. Yeah. Well, also, like you a, know, Uruguay like is good for only blonde and some mate. Yeah. And some mate. Or, like, you know, I think Uruguay is also known for some of their rums. They have some decent rums. So, might be. Oh, I can, can you imagine a, an alcohol mate? It'd be like four loco. I'd just go, <laughs> oh, my God. I, but the I, thing is, we had the we had the mate squad out there, right? You had a ha, mm-hmm. you had chacon, and you had a marilla. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It was like, it was a prime opportunity for mate endorsement. Um, so, uh, Amaria did not do, you know, talking about these, these other, um, sub- substitutions, Amaria didn't, uh, do that much. Uh, Edwards did come on. I thought he came on much later than I thought. Uh, I, I, I was kind of curious why he didn't come on sooner for, for Lud, who, you know, um, again, had just played, uh, a lot the other day and now is playing again. And, you know, any of these players are going to get tired. This is, um, you know, one one of the one of the good uh, observations Shea Salinas made on that extra time uh, interview was that so much of the San Jose drunkenness came from all these substitutes, and that that he he said that is going those late game substitutes are going to be exactly what this tournament is about because everyone's tired, everyone's out of shape, and if you can bring on some energy and disrupt these defenders, because you don't want to sub out. Your, your center backs or, or defenders and they're going to be tired um, that, you know, I, I would have liked to see Raheem get out there and bring some more energy that, you know, obviously Finley was flagging, um, Lode was flagging and, and boy, it would have been nice to see them get a bit more. Yeah. That's why in the, in the 65th minute, like when uh, Dotson came out for Finley instead of Edwards, I was kind of confused by that. And like, maybe it was just, you know, playing for the draw. But I, I would have preferred to see Edwards come on for Finley and just all, then all of a sudden you have Lude, Chacon, and Edwards. And you have, I mean, just both Chacon and Edwards just running up and down the, um, the sidelines basically against tired legs with fresh legs. I mean, it would have been great. I don't know yeah. why we didn't do it. Well, um, I'm going to move on from this game just to, to close up the, the pod, which is that um, I want to get a transfer watch from you uh, in a second, Mark. But um, the game coming up this Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Uh, against Colorado, um, I think that there's a chance that um, that Heath will be looking a little bit um, toward uh, the knockout stages. Um, even though we're not through... Um, I think that there's a chance to rest some people and uh, Colorado are going to be shorthanded, maybe demoralized because they don't have any points. Um, but uh, there's a good chance Colorado gets the win here because I think that, you know, Minnesota might might be trying to manage themselves and uh, and Colorado has 
they're they're basically out likely out unless they get a really big result um and so you know they they may have something to prove or something that's yeah i guess i didn't ask you a question i just no you didn't <laughs> uh anyway i don't know i don't know if anyone has any thoughts on colorado <laughs> i sorry i, I, didn't I think i think you're right i don't I, I think they have nothing to play for um i mean that's not exactly true but um you know i think it's um they're gonna be a wild card i mean we, we said that in the in the preview too that colorado is gonna be a wild card um and i think it's really gonna depend on the outcome of that salt lake skc match in the morning i think our lineup is going to be determined on that if if it's a if it's an skc win um i think we're going to come out with our strongest 11 and just hope we can get through uh if it's a draw or it's a salt lake win i think you might see some some rotation interesting i don't know i I, I, from SKC, I want more Buzio. That's all I want. Just start him. I don't. I don't care. I want the young kid to play. Gary Gary Buzio. Gary Buzio. But he's uh, he's, he's got great hair too. But I think I, I think I you know I think this last game is going to be a lot of games where a lot, a lot of the younger players hopefully get a chance to play. Right, get more time to rest your players specifically if you're in that position to do so. Um, hopefully, we'll see more more of that or or. An injection of youth earlier than 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 the sixtieth or seventieth minute um, to be able to see what we can do. I last games always always freak me out just because you don't know what's going to happen. And plus, uh, you know, Colorado can play the spoiler all they want if they need to. Uh, so yeah, uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, sometimes playing a boring game is you know sometimes you better being boring than good sometimes. Yeah. Right, and the situation so calls for it. Do, I mean, we could see experimentation. We talked about Musa coming in. We've seen the other guys come in. Maybe Amaria. I wouldn't start him. You know, Heath in his post game uh, presser talked about how they wanted Amaria to get a little bit more time. Maybe they'll give him forty five minutes or something against Colorado. Um, they want to get him ready and not overuse him. Um, so we've got a lot of the attacking players who we've already see swapped in and out. Um, do we see any of that defense uh, getting rested? No, because we have no one else to play. <laughs> no, right, if you yeah. look at if you look at our line, our match day lineups, we have four players that have a D next to their name, mm-hmm. and they all start and they all play. Like we have nobody. We have absolutely zero depth. Yeah, that's right. Because Noah Billingsley um, was mysteriously left at the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they Kevined from Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> Home Alone Four. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ideally, we get. I mean, ideally, we get. You know, through uh, the Colorado match with no injuries to our back line, and then we have Coleman available. So at least we have some depth at center back. Or if we wanted to play, you know, a back five, we could do that too to whatever. So did, yeah. did Musa? Did Musa play also D as well too? Was, does he not much? Can he come no. in as center back? He might be able to to come in as center back, but I don't think you. I think you use him there as an emergency. You can do an old man, old man Larry sub. So yeah, I mean no, it, it's it's yeah. We don't have any defense. Everybody has to start. There's no way. There's no way. All right. So, well, let's, have you guys seen Freddie 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 Emmings celebrations every when when every once in a while the the pan of Freddie Emmings when like the when at least the last goal that we scored. Like he was just jumping, like it was. It was really nice to see him jumping up. I'm enjoying being playing with the, 
John Hughes freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Totally, well, um, totally. I've got to go to the bar and open up for uh, NWSL. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I will see some people at the bar on Wednesday, um, uh, 9.30 p.m. There will be, obviously, a, a pregame of whatever. I forgot to say what, what game that is. You can get tickets or you can just show up. But um, tickets help me plan in case uh, um, there is uh, going to be a, a crowd, which there hasn't been. So, um, But uh, go to the website, blackheartstp.com. Also, if you come to any of the MLS games, you can get uh, – there's a card that you get, and you get a stamp, and there's a raffle ticket for um, uh, for winning um, – uh, jerseys, Minnesota United jerseys for every uh, Minnesota game or MLS game you go to. And uh, PenceHomes.com is is doing uh, first five people get a two-for-one deal. So um, thanks, everyone. Uh, it's good to do this. We'll do another on Thursday uh, to, to recap that. And hopefully it's to recap uh, celebrating a win. Um, but uh, Mark, Corey, Rodrigo, thanks. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>